The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's nine minutes past eight to the forum this morning. We look at government's proposed plan to introduce a credit amnesty. The credit amnesty, known as the removal of adverse credit project, will see about 1.6 million consumers taken off the credit bureau blacklist, opening the way for them to gain access to credit and housing, and in some instances, jobs. The proposed plan has been criticized by the country's banking community, as they believe it sends the wrong message to consumers who are deep in trouble or at deep levels of debt. The forum this morning, the question we ask, is the proposed credit amnesty a solution to indebtedness? Your thoughts on 0891-104-208-34701. That's the SMS hotline number, two rand per SMS. On Twitter, at AMLive on SFM. Let's say good morning and welcome to Annalene van der Poel, who is manager of uh, the operations department at Debt Rescue. Good morning and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Tapisa. Thank you very and, much. And uh, Lisiba Mashapa is the company secretary of the National Credit Regulator. Good morning to you and thank you very much for speaking to us. I do realize, albeit a very short notice. Yeah, good morning, Tapisa, and good morning to the listeners. There is no problem. Let's, let, let's first uh, talk about uh, your objections, Annaline van der Poel. I know you are one of those that... Do not that, that doesn't support this bid at all. Tell us why. Look, f- from our side, it's more of a concern, and our concern lies with the fact that uh, multiple, but specifically with regards to over indebtedness, um, we are not sure exactly what it's going to achieve. We scared that it might raise over indebtedness even further, or alternatively, it might raise the, co- the cost of credit um, due to the fact that there would be nothing for the credit providers to base the the decisions on when it comes to granting credit. Mm. But is that the sum total of what you think the problem is, though, or are there not wider-ranging reasons for why people are indebted? Look, there are many reasons, and obviously being listed to the credit bureaus is, is not the, the reason. Um, it's, it's a general problem of over-indebtedness, um, which the cause of can be numerous factors, um, anything from retrenchments, um, people who earn commissions that have reduced, things like that. We just don't see exactly how the removal of the credit information um, once the debt has been paid up, which is what the proposal is currently, is going to affect these, credit, these consumers necessarily because once the debt is paid up after a specific period of time, they would be removed from the credit reports in any case. Mm, but uh, those who argue for it say it will, for instance, uh, create conditions where somebody say, who's unemployed uh, to become employed again for somebody who has not had access to credit and is rehabilitated, so to speak, to be able to do that. That is true. Um, when it comes to the, the employment part of it, look, it affects a limited sector of people. Obviously, um, the, the only time that they look at your debt and credit worthiness would be if you're in the financial sector and you work specifically with that, that kind of line. Um, and whereas with people entering the credit market, well, look, this is affecting people who have had bad records and at the end of the day that, that is part of the criteria to meet when we look at granting further credit from a credit provider perspective, I'd say. Well, let's hear from you, Mr. Mashapa. What's your view of this, this project, this proposal? Should it be implemented? Sabiso, uh, the National Credit Regulator is on record saying that it supports the, the government's initiative to introduce the credit amnesty. And obviously for particular reasons that we believe are justified. First of all, if we look at our statistics over the last few years, 
we clearly see that the number of consumers who are indebted has been rising. You know, the statistics shows that out of the 20 million credit active consumers that we have in the country, more than 9 million are indebted. They are in areas with their accounts. Now, the specific problems with, with that, when you have that kind of, that number of consumers who are over-indebted is, you know, once they are over-indebted, they are unable to pay their accounts, they get listed at the credit bureaus and they would no longer have access to credit. If they do get credit, they pay more for it because of the impairments. Most of them cannot access employment and rental accommodation. And for those who have judgments that have been taken against them, it's expensive for them to have those judgments removed from their credit record. So we believe that the rationale for this amnesty is justified. Is it something that's going to help uh, at least credit lenders there, for instance? Uh, Because the argument here is that once you expunge the adverse credit, uh, should I say, input on the index, that it's going to be a real problem for those who want to see whether or not this is somebody who will be able to honor their debt, to be able to pay their debt. And it will be difficult to differentiate from somebody who has been well-behaved. Sabiso, uh, I think what I need to do maybe is to clarify the mitigating measures that we have proposed in the credit amnesty. First of all, we, we maybe let me explain what the adverse listings are. You know, the adverse listings are when that listing by a credit provider classifies the consumer behavior. For example, the consumer is classified as a slow payer. And that type of listing will be displayed on the credit record of the consumer for a period of one year. And then you have the other type of listing that classifies the action that is taken by the credit provider, which is displayed for a period of two years. So these are the listings which the credit amnesty proposes to remove. However, there is another type of information that is available on credit bureaus. We call it the payment profile information. That information will indicate how a consumer pays a particular account Mm. over a period of, for example, three three years to two years. And by law, credit bureaus are allowed to keep that information for a period of five years. So we believe that this will mitigate the risk of you know, the risk of credit providers not being able to properly assess risks. Mm. And in addition to that, we, as the regulator, we realize that uh, credit providers have been having problems conducting affordability on credit applicants. These affordability assessments have not been done properly. So we have developed affordability assessment guidelines that will be put in place before the amnesty. And the purpose of those guidelines is to make sure that Consumers who receive the credit, who benefit from the credit amnesty, but cannot afford new credit, should not be able to access new credit. So we believe that these measures are reasonable also to mitigate the risk that the amnesty may pose to credit providers. Angeline van der Poel, what do you say to that? Look, um, I haven't seen the affordability guidelines myself as of yet, so it's difficult for me to to comment on on that specific point. But I think um, I understand what um, Siba is saying with regards to the fact that the payment profile will show the the slow payers, etc. But the problem there is 
taking a judgment um, and, and getting you know the, the legal implication of that. That is what will also be removed from our understanding of, of the intended uh, credit amnesty. And that is more severe than just a slow payer per se. So are we basically saying that what is needed is not a one-size-fits-all sort of approach, but perhaps for people who are deserving? I think that would be, would be, more, would be reasonable, yes, definitely. Is that not possible, Mr. Mashab? Uh, it is in some way, but I think what we have done in the proposals, we have tried to strike a balance. First of all, let me let me go back to you know the the other objection that Annelin was talking about that the amnesty will increase over indebtedness. Clearly, the statistics that we have now, in a period where there is no credit amnesty, the levels of consumers with uh, who are indebted is rising and constantly. So on a quarterly basis, mm. it, it rises by, for example, ninety to hundred thousand. And, and clearly also the you know the credit bureau listings are rising in the absence of the amnesty. And then with regard to the cost of credit, I mean the for example unsecured loans in the National Credit Act, the credit providers are allowed to charge up to thirty one percent and most of them are already charging at twenty nine percent. And the service fees and initiation fees that they are allowed to charge, most of them are already charging it at, at maximum rates. So the, the cost of credit for many consumers is already high at present. But by saying that, what are you saying, though? Because if you're saying that levels of indebtedness are already high and rising, I mean, for instance, if we look at the first credit amnesty, we understand that that was granted to, uh, to about 600,000 consumers. Their names were taken off the credit bureau just in terms of adverse um, findings against them. But... Of that number, 74% ended up having bad accounts, that is, three or more months in arrears. 44% had judgments and adverse records, with 19% having judgments against them in the last five years. One would then beg the question, did that one work, and how is this one then going to work? The, maybe, first of all, let me say, the, you know, one cannot, like, with reasonable certainty, say that those consumers got those adverse listing and judgments simply because they were beneficiaries of the credit amnesty. If you remember very well, Cetiso, the first amnesty was introduced in 2007, and it had very strict conditions. And in addition to that, it was at a period when the global financial crisis started to hit, and, and many consumers lost their jobs because of the rising inflation and the you know the general rise in the cost of living at that time many of them struggled to their accounts and also the other problem was before the introduction of the national credit act in 2006 there was a splurge of credit by credit providers and particularly reckless lending which when they started collecting it was becoming a problem so the reason why they became over indebtedness is not merely because they received the amnesty. There were other factors that were beyond their control. Annelie Fendipul, that is a, 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 a very real thing, and that is I'm sure there are lots of people out there who can relate to being bombarded with offers of credit, literally having it almost shoved down your throat saying, here's credit. That is true. That is absolutely true. But I think to get back to what Lucibas just said with regards to the job losses after 2007 and the rise in inflation, 
Um, to be fair, to look at the current situation, um, we're still sitting with a rise in inflation. I mean, based on, on information given out yesterday, um, there's been an increase in inflation from the previous period until now that our interest rates are sitting at the lowest that they have been in history probably. And we haven't had an interest rate hike in more than a year. Fuel prices keep increasing, etc. So I don't really see the big difference between then and now with regards to the economic factors. We still have retrenchments. We still have job losses. Um, very, very similar circumstances. So what are you saying? What would help mitigate uh, the pressures that consumers find themselves in? I think it's, it's a couple of factors. Um, from our perspective, very important is financial education. I think people need to have discipline along with that. They have to look at their personal finances before incurring further credit. Um, we know that a lot of the times um, it, it's not necessarily a factor of luxury item purchasing, though that is still a factor. Um, but, yeah, financial, financial education is extremely important in, in our opinion and doing a budget on a monthly basis, knowing what your income is versus your expenses, what you require, and, and just being very cautious. 891 Let's take your calls. 891 What are your thoughts about this, this uh, amnesty project that uh, a government wants to undertake? Will it help uh, uh, bring about a solution for indebtedness, or will it be a solution, if at all, for indebtedness? 891 We are taking your calls. Let us know what your experience has been. <laughs> Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Every day, millions of real people work hard to shape their futures. And we work hard to help make those futures real. At Real People, we provide responsible finance for you to build or improve your home, secure an education for your family, or grow your business. We help you manage your debt and meet your commitments on your journey to financial wellness and a sustainable future. Real People, for real people taking charge of their futures. Responsible finance, sustainable futures. Real People is an authorized financial services and credit provider. Considering the very important person you are, we couldn't reveal FM Magazine's new design without telling you first. As part of the changes, FM is once again called the F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-M-A-I-L. Hashtag spell it out. Now with wider and clearer pages, with in-depth analysis in which we have always excelled. Financial Mail. Today's insight, tomorrow's success. Get your copy now. The PRICE remains unchanged. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. We're taking your calls on 0891-104-208, What are your thoughts about this proposed cre- credit amnesty? Is it a solution to indebtedness? We're in conversation with Annelien van der Poel, Manager of the Operations Department at uh, Debt Rescue, as well as Lisiba Mashapa. He is the Company Secretary for the National Credit Regulator. You can uh, join in on the conversation. Mantla is already on the line from Germiston. Good morning, Mantla. Amanda? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, is there? Yes, I can hear you now. Um, Tepiso, you know, I, I was some years ago listed after I lost my job uh, because I couldn't um, service uh, the debt that I had. 
mm. at the time. Uh, and uh, subsequent after that, I applied for uh, positions with various banks. And at the stage when I was supposed to be offered a position, and they then do did credit checks. I lost uh, an opportunity at Itala Bank. I lost an opportunity at West Bank. I lost an opportunity at um, uh, Net Bank. I lost an opportunity at Standard Bank. I lost an opportunity at um, uh, the McCarthy Group. Mm. So, you know, this this listing has, has had a negative impact. So I'm not the only South African who's experiencing this. I work with a lady currently. She should have been offered a position, a senior position I'm talking about, I mean, mm. at West Bank. And because of the listing, and which happened when she lost her a, a, a job, it has, got, has had a negative impact. So Amnesty would certainly, you know, go a long way in, in, in also um, uh, uh, alleviating unemployment. Thanks a lot, Mandla. Mark is in KZN. You say it won't help, Mark. Hi there. Good morning to you, Sophie. Um, um, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against the, the, the amnesty, but I think uh, a lot of times that, um, I work for a smallish company and, uh, even though you, you might not have lost your job, um, sometimes you're not getting enough work from the company and you're getting paid late. Um, we find that the governments also aren't paying their their guys on time, which means is the small guy doesn't get paid, and that goes down all the way down to the guys that we're trying to make small business in the company in the country, but the money is not filtering right the way through. So basically, that's why people get short paid and, and can't afford to to cover things. But I think the other thing as well is um, when when guys provide uh, credit, they should basically force guys to make sure they've got some savings first before they get credit worthy. So as as the lady said with respect to um, um, budgeting, um, you know, financial education and things like that. So I think that's very key to make sure the guys are saving a bit of money first before they actually qualify to get credit. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Msomi in Devon, good morning. Good morning, citizen and guests. How are you this morning? Well, thanks. How are you, Msomi? Good. Uh, I'd say it's a huge welcome because, uh, like the first caller mentioned, uh, this, 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 this uh, listing could have a, a devastating effect on one's uh, uh, future. Uh, a lot of people, some of them get um, uh, adverse judgments while they're still working because I've discovered that you know some institutions will list you without following the proper procedures. You, before you know it, you've made arrangements, you, you do your ITC, you find that you've got a judgment. Uh, and when you're looking for a job, like he said, you can't get a job. I, I would much be happier because uh, I, I would much be happier if the government could say uh, judgments, you know, the ITC report should not uh, work adversely against a, a job seeker. Mm. However, for, uh, for, for, for credit application, yes. Because there are people who are going to use this, you know, to, to, to sort the system. Uh, and, and, and over in the themselves. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Msomi. And uh, let's go to Kenny in Port Elizabeth. Hi, Kenny. Hi, morning, and morning to your guests and your listeners. I think this is an unbelievable act by government. It's one of the few things that they've managed to get right. Although this uh, credit bureau came um, uh, post the uh, Democratic, I think it's one of the vestiges of apartheid. As a CEO of a major company, I've seen my staff suffer under these, and, and, you know, you, as little example as you go and visit a doctor and the receptionist accidentally 
you you pay late because I've had this happen to one of uh, my employees. Mm. It's almost impossible to have those information removed. And uh, the gentleman there is hundred percent right. And I think just those people that will defend uh, uh, against this will, will probably give indication. I think this this will have an effect of in fact changing the landscape of our economy. So I think we've managed to get some things right. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Kenny. And Graham in Cape Town. Good morning, Graham. Yeah, good morning. I was just going to say that um, it's it's very unfair on on people who've actually lent money that the money's not being paid back. I mean, they need some recourse around the world. You get a bad credit judgment if you don't pay money back. Remember that someone's who's given you money and you've not paid them back. Although I do sympathise with people because I think that in South Africa the lending is disgraceful. Look at these people advertising on TV like Wonga. I mean, they charge extortionate interest rates. They should not be allowed to peddle their lending on TV. All right. Thanks a lot, Graham. We'll be taking more calls, more SMSs. Uh, 34701, two rand per SMS, your SMS hotline number. And on Twitter at AimLive on SAFM, you can chat to us via that medium or email aimlive at sabc.co.za. And, of course, continue our conversation with our guests, Annaline van der Poel, who's manager of operations department at Debt Rescue. And Lisiba Mashapa is a company secretary for the National Credit Regulator. 8.30, time for news headlines now with Fabakshini Chetty. And, of course, at 9 o'clock till midday today, you'll uh, hear from Morning Talk. Rowena Bird, I believe, is in Port Elizabeth today. Hi. Hi, Sabisa. How are you doing? Yes, we are indeed coming to you from Port Elizabeth today. And in the first hour, we'll talk about the issue of Somali-owned shops being looted and vandalized in this area. Uh, we'll feature the Mushito Music Conference and Exhibition as well. And then um, later on the show, we get to talk to Bonang Mohale, who is the president of the Black Management Forum. And we talk to him about the upcoming BMF Annual Conference and Achievement Awards and what governance means. And uh, we'll also feature the campaign to take Parliament to the people. That and a whole lot more right here on Morning Talk. Thanks, Sabiso. Thanks a lot, Rowena. And uh, we're taking your calls on 891 We're in conversation about the proposed credit amnesty, and we're asking whether or not it is a solution to indebtedness. So let me go back to my guest, Lesiba Mashapa. You've heard what some of the calls have been saying. Um, your response to some of them. Thank you, Sapiso. The I think the the one that touched me is Mandla. The fact that he's unable to get jobs mm. because of the credit bureau listing. But uh, you know, I want to assure him and the other listeners who are in a similar position that help is on the way. The NCR and the working together with the government will ensure that this credit amnesty is implemented to provide relief to them so that they can get jobs. When do you but foresee it coming into effect? The we we expecting it either to be this year or next year, but the, that can only be confirmed by the Department of Trade and Industry. I, I also wanted to you know to clarify the requirements that are in the National Credit Act for use of credit reports for employment purposes. Mm. The requirement is the employer can use a credit report only for positions that are financial and entails the handling of cash. That's what I, I, I we wondered. Have that mm. there, is, there is a flagrant you know, disregard of this requirement. So through this amnesty, we're going to be tightening the rules around this. 
But uh, what do you do in the meanwhile for people who uh, fall victim to these kind of practices? Because, I mean, given the fact that we already have such high unemployment levels and people who are either skilled or able to do certain jobs but are being kept out of jobs because of their credit rating, that seems uh, rather scandalous. Currently, it is, it is a breach of the National Credit Act if employers are using these credit reports for non-financial positions. So the remedy that is available to consumers is you know, to complain through the NCR, and then we will take up these issues with, mm. with the credit bureaus. Ms. Van Der Poel, your, your, your reaction to some of the callers saw me, for instance, saying that you know, uh, this kind of information should not be used against job seekers, and you've just heard what Mr. Mashapa is saying, that it's contrary to the National, National Credit Act. And Kenny is just saying it's just downright impossible to have uh, this adverse information removed. Look, um, as it currently stands, it is... It is Difficult in the fact that specifically if you have more than adverse listings but actual judgments, etc., taken against you, um, it, it does affect them. And that's why I said earlier as well that not everybody should be affected by this. Um, as Mr. Mashaba has just rightfully said, it should be people in financial positions, um, handling cash, etc. They should be the only ones who are affected by it. And that should be for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, from our perspective, obviously we see the National Credit Act as a very, very progressive piece of legislation. Um, and there are very very uh, many remedies and checks and balances brought in by it, and it just has to be applied and, and enforced where necessary. And is, is the act working as it should be, in your view? I think it is. It, it really is. Um, th- there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of checks and balances that have to be enforced um, via the National Credit Regulator, via the National Consumer Tribunal, um, and so forth. But, you know, what we are, and, and like I said, this comes back to that financial education. People need to understand what remedies are available to them. They need to understand that they, you know, when adverse listings happen, what it is that the steps that they should take, um, you know, what information can be brought against them. And also looking at things like their remedies directly, looking at things like debt counselling before things get out of control, taking the necessary steps and, and, and trying to regain that control of their finances. But what about what Kenny was saying, that the great thing about this proposal is it will completely reshape the landscape of our economy? It will, but they've got to also remember that the, the amnesty is only going to apply to a certain section of, uh, this is not a blanket amnesty. People who paid up. Yes, it's, pe- it's people who paid up and it, it's under a, a specific threshold um, and so forth. So if you're above that threshold, if your debt has not been paid off, uh, if your judgment has, uh, your um, legal costs connected to that judgment has not been paid up, it, it won't necessarily cover that person. So th- it, the criteria have to first be met. We're taking calls on 0891 We'll read your SMSs in just a moment. But uh, let's go to James in Willowville. James, you agree with the proposal? Yes, in fact, I, I agree with any such matters uh, that's going to help the, 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 the ordinary consumers. I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, there is something... Uh, you see, the, the credit giver... Uh, Ascons from the responsibility of being robust up front before actually giving or granting credit. Mm. And then he wants to use the mechanisms that are in place, namely ITC and debt collectors and so on, to do the policing of which they should have done responsibly up front. And I'll tell you an, an example. I mean, for, if you have for um, a 500 rands, let's call it a, a default payment, where you've already settled the payment, and 
then you are told that it must stay on the credit bureau for a further two years. I mean, there is this total inconsistency. Yet, if you have a judgment, let's say for 100,000 rands, you can go through the court mechanisms to have it rescinded almost through the process uh, quite uh, quickly. But if you have a default payment which you've already paid for, why is the consumer further put in, into difficulties? And then uh, you find, for example, let's assume I owe a, a bank called A, uh, 10,000 rands. Now, Bank A then sells my debt to a debt collector. And let's assume I've arranged to pay for that debt. That debt collector then runs into problems and then somebody else buys that same debt and then calls me. Now, I've already got an arrangement with one debt collector and the second debt collector is calling me. And I'm giving you an example which I've been through myself over a, few, a period of a few years. Three debt collectors are trying to collect on the same debt from a major banking institution. And you lose your head, you lose your marbles every time they send you an SMS, they put an extra 70 rand and, and what have you. So I'm all for any measures that's going to re-look into this old credit situation. Because right. it's quite ridiculous out there. Thanks, James. Uh, Alvis in Pretoria, you support the, the, the proposal as well. Yeah, no, thanks uh, for taking my call. And my, uh, Good morning. Yes, I do agree with this measure because from where I stand... Uh, uh, this uh, issue of judgment and so on has been abused by the financial institution in hindering uh, people to progress. I would just categorically say that uh, when it comes to issues of buying houses and so forth, this has become a hindrance. But at the same time, the very same judgment. If you want to buy a car, they will do that. So there's a, a fundamental and a deliberate uh, measure to stop certain groups or certain people from developing. And therefore, until such time that this is done fairly, it, it should go on. And what is the vendor point? Because you have paid, there's proof that you have paid. You are going to be run around, they'll tell you that you are on 100 uh, credit bureaus and you must go to each and every one of them, and it is costly. They will tell you that when you want credit, they'll ask you, have you been on credit uh, uh, counseling? You say yes, they say no, you can't uh, have a bond. But yet you went through a process of rehabilitation. So this is just one, but of the measures that they are using to block a certain group, mm-hmm. uh, especially from mm-hmm. a hindering. Because if you go to a bank, you look for a house, it's very difficult. But you go and get a, a car of the same amount of the house, they will give you because they would not want a certain group to invest. To me, it's as simple as that. And therefore, hence, I support this program. Which group do you believe that is, Elvis? The previously disadvantaged and the landless and the black in particular. Okay. Yash in Cape Town. Morning, Good morning. Um, you know, I don't believe this is going to be a long-term solution. You can't keep having credit amnesties because we're dealing with a systemic problem here, and we need a systemic solution and a, a long-term solution. You know, we've got a debt-based money system, and this means that the banks create 97% of our money supply when they issue loans, which they create from thin air using the fractional reserve banking system. The solution long-term is to, one, provide basic income to people to support their, their wages, to have higher wages for working people, and secondly, to res- increase the reserve requirements of these banks. Because these banks are incentivized. They have got a perverse incentive to issue loans and to, to, and to securitize them as well. So they not only issue loans which they create from thin air, they sell them on to other investors for a fee in the process of securitization. 
which makes the situation even worse. So we really need to relook at the whole monetary system. All right, thanks, Yaj. And uh, Sam in Belleville, good morning. Hello, ma'am. Hi, Sam. Hello, ma'am. Hi, Sam, we can hear you. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning and good morning to your people at the studio. Good morning. Uh, this is a very good thing for the government, I accept. Uh, but if you look at it, much as it's coming with the assistance, the tendency now to look at the civilians as if they are not careful, they are not thinking properly about these things. But the, 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 the most important thing and the person who started all these problems is the current government. If the current government can start doing things right, pay the service providers, because all this thing, mm-hmm. what is happening now is that uh, the current government have uh, 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 encouraged people to do business with the government, and most people, about 80% of the people who are doing the, 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 the business with the government, are in credit bureaus, simply because they are not paid. Mm-hmm. So as long as they are going to look at the civilians as if they are not caring, and, 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 and not looking at what the government is doing in terms of assisting people to be responsible people, people outside there, they know that if you owe somebody, you must pay. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, our government has made us worse, worse off than the apartheid time. Apartheid has got nothing to do with this current state. It's the current government. It's only one simple thing. Pay the people and see what happens. Because the rippling effect goes down, 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 down. All right, thanks, Sam. 891 will take care. Your next batch of calls in just a moment. Lisiba Mashapal, I'd just like to start at that point that Sam raises there. Uh, I'm sure you have access to this information, and there are plenty of service providers who will tell you about this because government itself had to come up uh, with a new order of doing business saying that service providers need to be paid in 30 days. Uh, how, how big offenders are government, in, just in terms of... Uh, putting so many people in, in this situation? Uh, Sabiso, uh, I'm afraid the NCR does not have that kind of information. Mm. But wh- what we, we do know is we, we definitely see that the debt stress is rising in the country. As I've indicated previously, the number of consumers with impaired records continue rising. But I, I think if you, you allow me, I must also comment on various issues that were raised by Yes, well. uh, responsible lending and borrowing is it's, it's very critical for the success of the National Credit Act. That, this is the reason why the NCR is now introducing affordability assessment guidelines to provide guidance to credit providers when they assess the affordability of credit applicants. Now, to James, his concern was around if you pay off the underlying debt, but the listing still remains displayed on your credit records. The credit amnesty will help those consumers by by requiring credit, provi- credit bureaus to remove those listings once the underlying debts have been paid. And if a judgment has been taken against a consumer, it will no longer be, be necessary for that consumer to approach a court to rescind the judgment so that the judgment can be removed from the record. What the consumer will need to do is to go to the credit provider, obtain a settlement letter, and submit it to the credit bureau, and the judgment will be removed. So we will be saving consumers, you know, lots of money. But what about the issues that both James and Yaj raised, the issue of uh, 
a debt collector selling debt or securitization, as Yaj called it. It's a phenomenon that seems to be increasing, and a lot of people have complained about it. Yeah. Uh, so without you know, going into the specific details and the legal complexities, the International Credit Act, a credit provider can definitely seed a credit agreement. However, through the amnesty, we we're going to prohibit the collection of prescribed debt because we know that there are some credit providers who are collecting debt that is prescribed. I'm glad you're answering that question because there is uh, uh, an SMS here that is asking what is prescribed debt and how does, is it affected by this credit amnesty? Debt that is prescribed means the credit provider no longer has the right to enforce the payment of that debt. So the consumer, when the credit provider takes the consumer to court, the consumer can raise the defense that the debt has prescribed. So the debt is paid. How, how does debt become prescribed? Is it the period of time that has lapsed? How does it work? It is the period of time that has lapsed. For many categories of debt, it will be three years from the date that the debt arose. The, the, the right to claim the debt arose. But what are the technicalities around it so that people also are informed? When does it get to a point where the debt is rightfully prescribed? It's if it's not collected within a period of three years for many debts, then okay. the consumer will be able to resist a claim for the recovery of that debt. All right, thank you. Annalene van der Poel? I think um, just to carry on with regards to the prescription of the debt um, as your last point there, with regards to that, as um, Mr. Mishabas rightfully said, um, it's three years on most of them when the debt becomes due, and just for the people to understand, um, you know, with regards to the steps with that, the debt must not have been um, enforced, in other words, in process of being collected or being negotiated on. Mm. Um, you, can, you cannot obviously try and negotiate for two and a half years and then turn around and say, well, yeah, um, it's now prescribed. If there's no form of collection has been entered into, um, no form of legal action, etc., then the prescription would, would um, take part. All right. And uh, would you like to comment on any of the other issues raised? But I, I'd like you to, to also talk about this um, proposed amnesty and how there's an argument that what it will see really is a situation where credit becomes more expensive. Absolutely, we definitely do. I think the big concern with that is the fact that with not having these um, judgment listings shown there, um, I think the most diplomatic way of putting this is you have your good payers and you have your less good payers. And having this information not, and like I say, we're looking at the severity of a judgment here, for example, having this removed, the credit providers are going to have nothing to base their, their, their information on um, of the severity of it. And it's going to be, become more difficult because they are going to have to um, take different factors into account. And the people who have had good credit um, records over numerous amounts of years and have not defaulted and have not um, had adverse listings against them, they might become uh, be placed in a position where they get charged the same credit fees as the person who has. Hmm. Mr. Mashapa, are you in agreement with that? No, not in agreement. I've already indicated that, you know, the cost of credit is already high for many consumers. And the examples that I've given for unsecured loans, which are charged very close to the maximum rate of mm. 31%, you know, a service fee of 50 rent, most credit providers are charging the maximum. Initiation fees, they are charging the maximum. But again, Sepiso, you know, this credit amnesty is very balanced. The approach that has been adopted is very balanced. We are leaving the payment profile information 
so that credit providers can see the performance of various accounts of consumers over a period of up to five years, which they are allowed to keep in terms of the law. So we believe that this will give them an opportunity to assess risk properly. Okay, thanks. 0891 Let me read some SMSs before I go to you, Rasmus and Dabokho. Um, this one, it's not signed, it says, okay, we read that one. The criminal government is promoting people to get into more department with no consequences, more debt, I suppose that's what you're saying. No consequences, what a stupid idea. We should sign it so that we know who you are and why you're saying this. Uh, it's no good just, uh, you know, speaking about people in, in such manner and, and just not owning up to it. Jonah Aberdeen says the credit amnesty plan is a government political plan to get mainly indebted poor to support the ANC at the polls and put the burden of non-payment squarely on mainly white businesses and the bank's government should promote saving instead. Anthony says South Africans spend 256 million billion rand on gam- gambling and that's been described as a tax on stupidity and debt. This one says, I'm partially cited person. I fully support this because I'm in this mess, so they put me on the scrap bureau without informing me. Another one uh, that's not signed says, at the same time, it will deter companies from reckless lending. My child just started to work. She is bombarded daily with credit offers that offers the language. Okay, um, some of them, are, I'm sorry, I do apologize if they're not making sense. Uh, I think some of them are incomplete. It seems to me what is actually needed is to encourage consumers to take more responsibility for their financial affairs. Only one-time loss of job defaulters should get amnesty. Uh, says Lindy's Peel in case it says the rate, debt ratio of my nation is judged on how its leaders manages its own debt. Ours is as broke as that church mass, hence the society languages. And TM and Bulgwan says I support it. Let those who owe talk to us and we can rearrange payment terms because some of us are now working. The painful part is that I need to buy a house now and I can't. If governments can bail out parastatals and private companies, why not us taxpayers? Well, let's hear from the callers, 0891-104208. Rasmus in Cape Town. Hi, Rasmus. Good morning. Good morning. I can see your listeners also. Uh, What happened is, this is a a trap which our poor people will never get out of this. It is good for this to to, 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 to have an amnesty for the people. What happened is to relieve them in order to can have credit, to can have access in jobs and whatever credit. But what I'm asking is, these people are they Christian? Because the Bible says, "Is." Oh, Rasmus, such a pity that we left you. I mean, we lost you, but hopefully we will get you back. Debo Ho, hi. Good morning, uh, Debo Ho. Morning, morning, Mister Pinsolekai. I just want to say I support the credit amnesty. I am in the financial services sector myself. We deal with the mass market consumer lending. And what my experience has been that, you know, 70% of the judgments that I have come across are where borrowers have actually made good on that debt. So they have settled this debt. And these poor people are in prejudice. And we cannot be keeping people punished perpetually forever on a debt that they have made good on. And this is also affecting a mid-sized firm like the one that I'm working for, which is a financial services provider with turnaround processes. Because what happens is this guy comes, applies for a loan, he finds out that he's got a judgment which he settled two years ago. Now he has to go back, get a confirmation letter from that provider, bring it back to us again, and then we review the process so I think the amnesty is very good. 
uh, people have made good on these days and they should not be perpetually punished. All right. Thank you very much, Tabucho. 891 We'll just take uh, one more caller. Uh, let me read the SMS for so long. Mulifi in Bloemfontein says, completely support the amnesty. My case is similar to the first caller, Amanda. If one is over-indebted, he or she needs income to rectify the situation. Yet you are being held hostage in all sides. And this one says, I support the proposed credit amnesty. Currently, the most affected is black people. For instance, currently it's extremely difficult to access home finance. Kotsi Matlatu and Port Elizabeth says, this will support this was supposed to have happened during the so-called amnesty in the TRC because the majority who are affected are those who are dispossessed and are getting poorer. Those who opposed must remember that dispossession caused uh, papuism uh, uh, in our land. And uh, good morning. What about people who are sequestrated? Thanks. Not signed. Uh, make me understand the credit provider gave my son credit. He was a casual earning 300 rand a week. No references. Now they hound him day and night. Arthur says, uh, this lady is out of line. Let's address the imbalances of the parts the consumers are carrying this country, Arthur. Well, Arthur, I mean, people should really be entitled to their views, especially if they if they back them up with uh, substantive arguments. I mean, you may not agree with it, but I mean, surely you're welcome to give us a call and perhaps argue with us and tell us why you, you know, fundamentally disagree. Let me just get final comments from you both then. Um, Mr. Mashapa, this one says, uh, what about people who are sequestrated? I'm not sure what that means in terms of what about them, but perhaps if you think there's something that you can tell us about this proposal that deals with people who are sequestrated. Uh, unfortunately, the amnesty will not benefit people who are sequestrated. To be sequestrated means you, you are insolvent. Mm. Mm. So the amnesty will not help this uh, those 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 consumers were sequestrated, but let me also you know comment on various issues that were raised in conclusion. The attack that people are making against the amnesty that it is political is not simply true. The reason why we say this is because you know if you look at the over a million consumers who will benefit from the amnesty, we believe that it will be people from you know different races, from different uh, political persuasions. And our reason for doing this amnesty, you know, as you had many callers, is to make sure that they, they get access to new credit if they can afford it. They can access employment and rental accommodation. We reduce the cost of credit. And in addition to that, we also make sure that we reward them for paying their debts by removing, you know, adverse and judgment listing on settlement of debt. So this is simply what we want to achieve. And we believe that it is to the benefit of all South Africans who are affected by debt, and, you know, regardless of their political affiliation. All right. And uh, final word from you, Andaline Fandapu. Okay. I think from our side, the, the, and our argument has, has been this all, all along, is the fact that we deal on a daily basis who are severely over-indebted. We want to see responsible lending. We don't want to see people being um, adversely affected by this, not ending back upright mm. where they were. And at the end of the day, I think our call would just be just get help before it's too late. Assess your situation, be responsible, and be disciplined. What about people who get into arrangements that they're forced into? I mean, as I read that SMS that said my son was given credit while he was earning 300 rand a week as a casual worker, but now they're hounding him day and night. 
That's, I mean, every credit agreement um, which has to fall under the National Credit Act, if it's with a registered credit provider, um, has to be reassessed, and that can always be referred back to the National Credit Regulator for, for investigation to see if, it, if it's not reckless lending, as Mr. Mishaba said earlier as well. All right. Thank you very much to both of you. Anneli van der Poel is Manager of the Operations Department at Debt Rescue. Nisiba Mashapa, Company Secretary for the National Credit Regulator. And thanks to you for all those calls and SMSs. Uh, I hope your questions were answered or you were able to air out some of uh, your thoughts, your concerns about the subject. Thanks to the team as well. Tracy Boomgaard, Michelle Shantale, Nzwaki Kukwenzegile, and Tatia, Senior Producers, Lungile Mabaso, and thank you, Mabaso, Technical Producer, Mark Prella. Forum Producers are Ronald Piri and Jake Mukoma. Our Chief Producer, Tewadze Sulukoto, our Executive Producer, Wusi Chani and Obrisetje. From myself, Tepi Sumakotla, and the team, enjoy the rest of your day. Up next is Morning Talk with Rowena Bird, but let's start with the news at 9 o'clock with Vabakshini Chetty. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.